the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM. The answer. All right, everybody. Final hour together of the day. Final hour together of the week. The la- the final full week of January. Holy cow, February starts next week. So as we head into the weekend, got a little football to watch, I guess. I, I think, I guess, I actively want the Kansas City-Detroit Super Bowl, which is both underdogs. You know, Baltimore and um, the Niners are favored, but... <laughs> So again, give me Patrick Mahomes and, uh, and 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 Jared Goff. So anyway, that's my thought. Anyway, lots of things lie ahead for the weekend, but everything that lies ahead in the weekend, lots of topics lie ahead in our nine o'clock hour. Boy, do we have stuff to talk about! But it all goes through this delicious turnstile. It's Friday. Wow, I feel good. I feel good. Ow, I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. You want me to say I feel good? I feel good. I would not. And it just locked up. It just locked up. But wait a minute. It's back. I'll find it. College uh, playlist for Mark. You ready? There you go. Worst time to lock up. Coming right out of the James Brown crescendo. Crack the sky and mind, baby. (sighs) That was tense. Second most tense thing on today's show. (laughs) Kidding. Sort of. Check out these boys. Popular. It's sort of a mid-Atlantic states, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Maryland kind of thing from the late 70s. John Palumbo and the boys of Crack the Sky. Alrighty, alrighty. Let's uh, let's, I tell you what let's do. Let's do phone phone calls first because I got fifty three things on my mind. Y'all have been waiting, so let's take care of you first, and I'll weave my thoughts between yours. I still got a lot of stuff I haven't played. Some of the coverage of the Biden versus Abbott border standoff. That's pretty delicious, and it's going to be a, just an interesting newsmaking weekend. Uh, uh, apparently, um, a joke of a Homeland Secretary, Homeland uh, Security Secretary that we have, Alejandro Mayorkas, is like, I love this, is like asking when the feds might have access to Eagle Pass. And my suggested answer for Greg Abbott is, as soon as we have 900 miles of wall built, then you guys can come roam around at will. Let us roam to the phones. Bill, Mark Davis, welcome. How are you, sir? Just fine, Mark. Hey. 
I wish you had to ask your guest if he was a Trump supporter. Ah, uh, Drew. Uh, burr, I think he is now. I mean, I don't think he's sitting there, you know, um, on the Nikki Haley beat or anything like that. And, and like so many of the people who boarded the Paxton impeachment bus, a lot of them are, are real strong conservatives on other things. They just got this, this, this. Uh, I need a synonym here. They, they got this, this obsession with Ken. Well, to me, it seems like there's a parallel. There was a settlement. There was an impeachment. There was a decision, and he's still not happy. Nope. And then the way he worded it, he said, if Paxton didn't do anything wrong, he should come out and tell us. Well, that word, if, hangs a lot of people because we can turn right around and say, if he was a Paxton supporter, he wouldn't be doing what he's doing. Uh, true, but I want to I, I want to afford people the opportunity to be thoroughly enamored of Ken's service and yet uh, feel like impeachment was okay. I would agree with them on having high regard for Ken's service. I would disagree with them about being an impeachment uh, henchman, but I, I it, it's not impossible for people to feel both ways at the same time. Seems a little weird to me, but but they can do it. Uh, listen, you know, let me do the following, Bill, because thank you for your point. Uh, this is exactly the point that, that Paxton makes in the filing that apparently triggered Drew so very, very much. And that was the defendant's amended answer submitting to the district court of uh, the People's Republic of Travis County, Texas. Um, and it, it essentially makes the following points. And this is what has has Drew thinking, uh, hey, let's uh, redo impeachment. Number one, the office of the attorney general will save taxpayer money and not waste government resources. The OAG can obtain a verdict in this case in its favor. Instead, OAG settled this lawsuit months ago in an effort to better allocate OAG's office of the attorney general, allocate resources. I'm going to start using pronouns. But we settled this lawsuit to stop the self-aggrandizing political weaponization of our state's courts by rogue employees who have what seems to be a monomaniacal goal to undermine the will of the voters. (laughs) Somebody wrote well. In other words, the reasons the OAG settled the case still exist. Number two, in many ways, this very case has already gone to trial in the Senate, where almost the entirety of the testimonial and documentary evidence admitted went to the question of whether there was any basis to the plaintiff's claims in this case. Tested before a jury selected by the people of Texas themselves, Attorney General Paxton was acquitted, and the office of the Attorney General was fully vindicated. Number three. The impeachment trial was a trial nobody needed to travel to see. It was televised nationally. Anybody can now read it within seconds of pulling their phones out of their pockets. The jury, all of whom can be held accountable for their votes, a public that saw the same evidence they are, acquitted the attorney general. I don't want to belabor the fact on here. So um, bottom line is they are essentially saying that in order for for the great, and, and listen, you can believe this or not believe it, buy it or not buy it, embrace it or mock it, free country. And, of course, a lot of that will come through exactly what everybody thinks of Ken. Everybody hates Ken's guts. And listen, by the way, if you hate Ken's guts, you can think this is nothing but posturing, nothing but an attempt to avoid the embarrassment of depositions, which, by the way, it may well be. And you can think that all day long. But is there the slightest shred, the slightest sliver of a basis for reopening impeachment? Have we learned anything new? We have not. All right. Enough of that. So on Fox 4 last evening, 
Blake Hansen had a little piece about the Biden versus Abbott uh, border standoff. How's this going to go? Federal agents, the federal government had demanded that its agents get access to that park, that it's been a high crossing area by tomorrow. It is a small area on a big border, but it's a symbol of this dispute between the state and the feds that is ramping up. The state of Texas is adding more razor wire along the border, even after a U.S. Supreme Court ruling paved the way for the feds to take it down. <laughs> yes, we are. And Governor Abbott shared Thursday why he thinks there's constitutional backing for the state to do what it needs. So it was the states that created the United States. And when the states voted to uh, create the United States and have a constitution, uh, included in that agreement was the compact that the federal government would take care of the states. The Supreme Court ruling allows for federal agents to cut the razor wire, but there's been no decision yet on the case as a whole. Now, a couple of things about this. First, on Governor Abbott's constitutional basis, uh, Article 4, Section 4, promises the federal government, quote, shall protect each state against invasion. Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, acknowledging the state's sovereign interest in protecting their borders, also, as argued in Arizona versus United States, 2012. And so th this is the governor invoking our constitutional authority to defend and protect ourselves. That is the supreme law of the land. That supersedes any federal statute. That outweighs a rogue ruling by the Supreme Court. As the now official old saying goes, the Supreme Court has reached this decision now they are free to enforce it. Regardless of what federal statute may exist, the supremacy, the supremacy clause means that the Constitution itself is the supreme law of the land. The Constitution itself provides Texas with a right of self-defense in this case because the United States has abandoned its responsibility to defend Texas. Meanwhile, federal officials demanded the state of Texas allow access to Shelby Park, a high-crossing area the state took over earlier this month. Attorney General Ken Paxson told Fox News the state does not plan to comply with a Friday deadline to grant access. We're talking about two and a half miles of a 1,260-something-mile border along Texas, and suddenly they've got, to, they've got to have access right here. With the state and feds at odds along the border, some have called on President Biden to federalize the Texas National Guard. Right. That would work so well. White House officials addressed the matter aboard Air Force One Thursday. That's a reporter asking, is the White House considering federalizing the Texas National Guard? Of course, it's that always wonderful onboard the plane audio. I will uh, I will I'll provide a translation. This is John Kirby, who's the, uh, the the press secretary for national security stuff. About this the other day, I don't have any decisions uh, uh, with respect to that to speak to uh, for, the, for the president. Uh, uh, no, I I don't have anything on that. We talked about this the other day. I don't have any decisions with respect to that to speak to for the president. I don't have any comment. They have no idea what they're going to do. The Biden White House, whoever is running the country, has painted him and themselves into quite the corner. There is no good option for them here. They can tuck tail and slink away, which would be the smart thing to do. but. A little embarrassing. Well, that should be par for the course for a White House that is a daily embarrassment. Or the other choice is bow up to us. 
bring it. Try to come and take it, the razor wire. See what will meet you as you arrive in this park at Eagle Pass to try to set foot on territory claimed by the state. This, I, I know it's, it's like some alt-history miniseries playing out before us, but um, nope, this is real history. And we'll see how it goes. Meanwhile, optimism for a new border security deal in Washington appears to be waning. Okay, optimism. Okay, okay, right. That that deal is dying on the vine, as well it should, because it's a terrible deal. It does not involve the one thing, the one thing that is the most important thing of all, and that's the building of 900 miles of wall. Any deal that does not contain that should die So I am optimistic about its failure. After former President Donald Trump argued a deal would be meaningless and a gift to Democrats. Correct. Former President Trump has indicated to senators that uh, he does not want us to solve the problem at the border. Oh, Mittens weighs in. Mittens says it's appalling that the president doesn't want to solve the problem at the border. Actually, Mittens, President Trump does want to solve the problem at the border. He wants to solve it with the thing that will solve it. 900 miles of wall. It is you and the other squish, centrist, softies and short timers who are interested in cutting some deal just to say, oh, look, we governed. Yeah, we reached across the aisle and got owned and rolled by the Democrats again. Uh, He wants to lay the blame for the border at Biden. Uh, And the idea that that someone running for president would say, please hurt the country so I can blame my opponent and help my politics is a uh, uh, a shocking uh, uh, development. Meanwhile, I cannot wait until I, uh, Mitt and Ann and that entire lovely, huge family of theirs, I wish them nothing but good things and good health and long life. Can't, can't wait until uh, I don't need to listen to him anymore. Senate negotiators say the legislation is close to done and don't agree with waiting. I don't agree on that, and the reason I don't agree on that is, one, we have a constitutional responsibility to be able to protect the country and its safety. The things that are in this bill, Donald Trump would actually want to be able to have as president on this. Uh, yeah, here's the thing, though. And by the way, not everybody is is a weasel uh, like like Romney. That's, that's, uh, that's James Lankford, uh, you Oklahoma folks. Uh, Tulsa, we have a problem. It is still unclear what the next steps might be for the Biden administration if that deadline tomorrow for park access is not met. (laughs) Well, I guess we'll see, won't we? Almost wish I had a show tomorrow. (laughs) Keyword, almost. 922. The showdowns. Oh, my. Trump Haley. So uh, there was a little tiny snippet in Blake Hansen's piece uh, of Attorney General Paxton. Uh, He was on Hannity last night, along with Christy Noem, one of 20-some governors saying, we stand with Texas. Look, first of all, thank you to Governor Noem and the rest of the governor for standing with us. I think this is not just a Texas issue now. It's a a national issue. And as far as this terrorist threat, I've been... Worried about this, it's chilling to hear the report that John Solomon gave and how that could potentially affect my state and really affect the entire country. Long after Joe Biden is gone, we're going to be dealing with potential terrorist threats. As far as a showdown, I don't know what Joe Biden's going to do. So far, it seems like every decision he's made has been a bad decision for our country. He is cooperating, not just cooperating, but he's literally in partnership with these cartels. In the old days, they used to come and try to hide and run away from Border Patrol. Joe Biden's cut a deal somehow 
where these cartels transport people directly to the Border Patrol, and then they move them around the country. So we're in a terrible situation. Nothing like this country has ever seen before. Totally true. And we, we may have some really, uh, and I don't want, man, I don't want this. I, I want I want the White House to realize the error of its ways and and just back blink and back down. That is the, I, I would rather have them, I mean, for that, I mean, for, listen, from their perspective, uh, I'd rather take a little bit of a black eye on this, get shown up by Abbott, get embarrassed for a day or two of news cycle. The, the, the fawning media culture will be along to make everything okay and give you a foot rub within days. It'll be there. I'd rather have that than have them engage in the incredible ill wisdom of sending federal agents to snip razor wire. They ain't going to be able to get on the property. Our guys aren't going to let them on the property. And I don't think anybody's going to be trading bullets necessarily, but necessarily don't want that. Uh, but I'll tell you, the, these these federal agents, they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. The head of the Border Patrol Union says that, that this is bad policy. So don't make them do this and don't put the country through this. It is. I was going to say the ball is in Joe Biden's court, but the ball is in the court of whoever is actually running the country for him. 930, running newscast for us, Nikki Whaley. Not a bad 20, 21-year-old record. The great Pat Green and Wave on Wave at Billy Bob's Texas, Fort Worth, tomorrow night. I recommend going. I don't know what I was after. Find yourself in the Stockyards neighborhood tonight. It's always fun to go to Billy Bob's. Uh, there tonight is um, L. King. Sort of country, sort of not. I mean, not everybody at Billy Bob's. I mean, I've seen Kansas and REO Speedwagon at Billy Bob's, so they'll, they'll let anybody in there. <laughs> uh, L. King, what, uh, X's and O's. Remember E-X-E-S, X's and O's, get it? That was about a 10-year-old record. Anyway, she's there tonight. But the great Pat Green is tomorrow. So there you go. Your concert needs taken care of. 866-660-5759. Your informational needs taken care of in a couple of ways. Let, I've, we've been real involved with a lot of stuff this week and today. Uh, now I'm getting to the point of stuff I really wanted to get to. So now, doggone it, I'm going to because the clock is ticking. I mentioned this past week. Uh, after and what a week! What a week it's been. New Hampshire and the border showdown, and oh my gosh! Um, after Trump won New Hampshire, and there was the imagery of Tim Scott smiling faithfully and supportively behind him, so that everybody who hates Trump—if you hate Trump—Trump's supporters must also be savaged. And I think there are a couple of things fueling this from the left and from the Trump-hating. Um, uh, dungeons of Republican land. They think that Tim Scott could be a really smart running mate choice for Trump. And I agree. He's one of three or four names that I think is pretty awesome. Um, also, there's just the usual dynamic here of uh, if, 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 if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. In other words, if you support Trump, we might've liked you before, but if you support Trump, now we got to hate you. It's kind of like math. <laughs> so uh, and I, that just was nauseating this past week, especially on Wednesday morning as we're slicing and dicing through all the New Hampshire results and conclusions to be reached. 
just the absolute venom shown to Tim Scott for daring to support Donald Trump. Tim Scott was behind Donald Trump the entire time, <laughs> grinning like a Cheshire cat last night. <laughs> what did you think about the Tim Scott moment on the stage with Trump? I mean, I've called this the, the great emasculation of the Republican Party. I know Tim and I are both practicing Christians, but I don't know if he could pray like that to, to the other side. I mean, it was humiliating to watch what Tim Scott did. Al Sharpton, you always want to listen to, to Al Sharpton for clarity on this. Uh, here's Susan Glasser from The New York Times. He's this big man. What is he so afraid of? What are they so afraid of? Is Donald Trump going to punch him in the nose? You know, if he doesn't suck up. To uh, uh, so it, with this, this litany of abuse, uh, I was interested last night, uh, not to make it a double shot of Hannity, but Hannity had Tim Scott on to talk about it. Well, Senator, um, identity groups in America, you're not allowed to attack them. But there seems to be open season on one group. Conservative African-Americans, I'm sure you're sick and tired of it, because I certainly am. Uh, some of these comments are repulsive. Absolutely. They're vile and disgusting comments coming from the far left. Sean, the most racist in the country are liberals. The bigotry that comes from the far radical left, it's just normal these days. Why? Because they're trying not just to attack me, but they're trying to make sure that any other minority who will think for themselves and consider the GOP, they want to send a message to every single one of them. Step out of line and we'll attack you too. That level of intimidation doesn't work with me and to every single African-American Hispanic Hispanic, millennial, anybody in the majority population or minority population, if you believe in conservatism, stand up and be counted. If you want to make America the greatest nation on God's green earth, step into the fire because we have to save this nation. We better save it right now because the radical left, they're so afraid of people like me, people like you, Sean, thinking for ourselves, speaking out and speaking the truth that they will do anything. Anything they possibly can to silence well, the truth. But it doesn't work with it me. This? It's not going to work with others. You, you're going to be on anybody's short, short list to be a potential vice president of our country. That's just a fact. Is this a means of just trying to intimidate you, threaten you, or maybe they're threatened by you? Just asking. They are certainly threatened by me. Absolutely, Sean. They're threatened by me, and they're th threatened by people like me. Here's what they refuse to say. They refuse to say the truth. Under Joe Biden, crime in devastated neighborhoods, crime in impoverished neighborhoods, crime in black neighborhoods has skyrocketed. When you remove, when you defund the police, disrespect the police— what do you expect? We've seen devastation after devastation in big liberal Democratic city after big liberal Democrat city. What they're asking for is the same thing conservatives are asking for. Real quick, uh, because boy, do we have an update. And thanks to a caller, because I, I had a little asterisk, or as they say in Maryland, an asterisk in my head about L. King at Billy Bob's. Could we just try to be your you know concert news talk show? <laughs> you ain't, you ain't going to see L. King at Billy Bob's tonight. And the, the reason why is interesting. Will you see Tim Scott? As Trump's running mate, is he making an argument to do that every day? Let me 
pursue that here in about 60 seconds. Let me let Mike do the reveal, because let me tell you the story. Uh, I was sitting here looking at eh, the things I do and looking for musical stuff, chart history, birthdays, and anybody about to appear, you know, locally, anybody that's going to be at the AAC, anybody at Billy Bob's, anybody at Toyota Music Factory, blah, blah, blah. It's like, hey, I'll play a little uh, bumper tune from somebody who you might be able to see over the weekend or in the coming days. So there was Pat Green, and then I saw that was at uh, Billy Bob's tomorrow night, and I saw tonight uh, L. King. Who had the, uh, oh, here, hang on a second. This is, if you were you hearing this on the radio about 10 years ago? So, okay. Kind of a pop rocky kind of uh, thing there, but but there there's a country uh, of a tinge to some of what she does. Uh, sufficiently so. <laughs> That she was, she appeared at a um, at a Grand Ole Opry tribute to Dolly Parton last week. Uh, let's go to let's go to Big Springs, Mike, and thank you, Mike, for calling us to to inform that L is not going to be at Billy Bob. She has postponed this date to like deep in the year. Tell everybody why. First of all, it's Big Spring. There's only one spring oh, out did I say, did I say plural? I'm sorry. I say White's Chapel, <laughs> Webb's Chapel, and Big Springs. But it's Big Spring. And uh, now she was on the uh, Grand Ole Opry the other night doing this uh, tribute to Dolly Parton. And yeah. she, was, she said, well, yeah, I'm hammered. She was using all kinds of profanity. And uh, oh. it was uh, not a pretty picture. Oh, man. Well, thank you for your attentiveness. Hey, I go to Polestar, see who's on the concert slate. Relatively rare does a date get shelved like the day before because somebody has been drunk on stage at the Grand Ole Opry. But when they, when, when, but I'll tell you what, big spring, singular, in the house, if that ever happens. Mike, thank you very, very much. Oh, man. I just hope the young lady gets her act together. Yeah, hang on a second. What was this? Uh Here's the actual story. L. King postpones Billy Bob's concert after hammered Opry show. Country singer L. King, is she really a country singer? Postponed her Friday concert at Billy Bob's after a sloppy, that's one adjective, appearance at a Dolly Parton tribute in Nashville that drew, drew criticism last week. That show will now take place September 21st, giving her eight months to sober up. Ticket holders can claim refunds or hold on to their tickets for the new date, according to the good people of Billy Bob's. She raised eyebrows during a tribute for Dolly's 78th birthday at the Grand Ole Opry on Friday with an expletive-laden performance she blamed on having had a little too much to drink. Videos circulating online show her flubbing the lyrics to Parton's song, Marry Me. I don't know the lyrics to those things in this effing town, she said. Don't tell Dolly, because it's her birthday. The four-time Grammy nominee went on. I'll tell you one thing more. My name is L. King, and I'm effing hammered. Those gaffes prompted the Opry to apologize on accent. Sorry for turning her into Foster Brooks. <laughs> oh, my. Um, you do the Foster Brooks. Does anything warm up your winter like the Foster Brooks boating safety PSA? Not a good idea. Anyway. Ooh, uh, let's see, the, the, Opry, the Opry apologized. We deeply regret and apologize for the language that was used during last night's Opry performance. Oh, well, okay, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do this. 
I'm on a roll. What have I got to do? <laughs> what I was going to do with regard to Tim Scott was I, I believe that he continues to make his case to be Trump's running mate. And there were a lot of people who saw his very, very favorable positioning on the stage right there behind Trump's shoulder as being evidence that he is under serious consideration. He should be under serious consideration. So should Carrie Lake. So should Greg Abbott. DeSantis already is, I believe, under consideration. Um, there are uh, there, there are Lee Zeldin, congressman from New York. Uh, the book on Tim Scott, remember when he was running? You remember we were saying about him? Wonderful guy, wonderful Christian, wonderful man, wonderful senator, wonderful Republican, wonderful conservative. What's not to like? He doesn't, he doesn't bring that kind of buzzsaw, M1 Abrams tank, sharp-elbowed fighter kind of vibe that we want in the actual candidate, the actual president. But it's not like he's a wimp. It's not like he's, you know, uh, shrinks from engaging. Uh, it's it's stylistically different. And clearly there's a taste for the Trump style for the running for, for the president, for the running mate. Could the Tim Scott style be complimentary in a number of ways? So, you know, yeah, I, I think that's um, it's worth worth a look. OK. Here's something that's worth a listen. I usually do this like Memorial Day when my, or whatever boating season officially opens. <laughs> Remember the ad council or just just sort of government funded PSAs, public service announcements. Um, they wanted to do one on boating safety, which is a good thing to do. And they said, who should we get? This, I think, is circa 1974. And they said, how about Foster Brooks, who famously portrayed a drunk on countless Dean Martin roasts? Somebody thought this was a good idea on, well, it either is or it's not. You be the judge. Hi there. This is, this is Foster Brooks. And I want to remind you that Coast Guard boating safety officers Say the more the merrier shouldn't be your slow shouldn't be your slogan if it means overloading your boat your boat. The Coast Guard reminds all small boat small ball small small all small small boat handlers to stay well within the limits of the passenger and weight capacity of your boat boat. Remember Safe boarding is no, is no no accident. I'm going to go thumbs up, as I have for decades. And again, there's so much genius in that. But the spoonerism, all small boat ball, ball ball smote is the is the is maybe one of the great highlights of my career uh, and uh, of his career and thus mine. All right, nine fifty. one of the great records of the last 40 years. I'm just saying. The great Anita Baker is 66 today. Giving us the best that she's got. Well, I've given you about the best I got this week. I'm exhausted. 
kidding. I am in no way as tired. I'm ready for more. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's watch some football. Go Chiefs. I love Mahomes. Go Lions. I hate the 49ers. Root for the underdogs. See what happens in the news and uh, be back with you on Monday. God bless our country, our troops, our families. Mike Gallagher is next. Hey, here's an idea. Go to 660amtheanswer.com and get your tickets for our cigar night with Dr. Gorka. Man, you you know what's going to be happening on February 27th, like about a month from now? You think things are hot now? Dr. Gork and I will sling hot topics and have fun in a very intimate setting. There at Cigars International up on Cabela Drive in North, North, North Fort Worth, right off 35. Get your tickets now at 660amtheanswer.com. Did I say Mike is next? Well, he still is. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Nikki Whaley in the newsroom. And thank you for hanging out. What a week. Whew. How do we top this? Have a fantastic and blessed weekend. See you Monday. Mark Davis, 660 a.m. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.